0: In person, I wonder how we could actually pipe it into this recording. But this is episode 118, which is being assaulted by some construction <laughs> jackhammers happening next door. We are in person, we're at a place called Pizzasaurus in um, Harrington Street in Cape Town very lovely vegan place i had an excellent vegan i'm eating way too many vegan things with you Gavin. no 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 i'm getting very into vegan things i think it's because i got older and my body just got tired of having to
1: digest complicated things like steak you know uh.
0: as always i am lindsay shooters um sharpshooters on social media that opinion guy on the internet and i'm joined by gavin dudley the editor of tech magazine the continent's biggest consumer technology publication gavin talking about things happening on the continent um oh, in south africa telecommunications had a bit of a moment during lockdown because everyone started relying on it so Deloitte and BrandsEye did this sentiment index so sentiment index works awesome they use a piece of AI that scans social media all social media mentions of certain brands and they give it a sentiment weighting I did actually produce some content for another sentiment engine brand sentiment engine um, last year Uh, I forget their name now which is not very good but there was a client of mine I did some good content with him. Gavin, what what are the learnings, the lessons, I hate the word learnings, what are the lessons that we can extract from this sentiment?
1: Well, you know, as a journalist, one's first instinct is to interrogate the research for how accurate it really is. Does it balance up with your view of reality? Does it challenge your view of how you think things are? You know, and you kind of, you question the validity of the research. So. The thing I mostly had to go on here is that they worked on 2 million social media posts it sounds like a lot but in you know in a day of in a day of social media in South Africa I wouldn't say 2 million is a lot but nevertheless they identified 2 million social media posts that were about their chosen subject which is telecommunications and um, in that they analyzed a few different things Um, sentiment and um, what topics were being discussed and how they regarded the service providers, which is about their market conduct, you know, were they having a bad time using one or other product? They looked at pricing, network quality, and customer service. And um, what's interesting is, unbeknownst to us, well, unbeknownst to me, Lindsay, Mr. Know It All, probably knows about it, but there's a thing called the TCF, the Treating Customers Fairly Framework, which the regulator set up. And so they measured what people were saying on social media against the TCF, treating customers fairly framework. And um, the results were kind of interesting and were kind of challenging to me. I was delighted to note that my chosen network, MTN, which has been my network for over 20 years. They uh, still aren't
0: gonna give you any discounts. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they don't need to because their pricing is quite reasonable compared to their made competitor whose pricing turns out to be completely unreasonable in this in the sentiment index. So MTN came out looking pretty good followed by Cell C, ironically. Um, Worst off was Vodacom and by far the worst off was RAIN. RAIN is another uh, brand that's come up a lot on this cast because Lindsay is quite keen to become a RAIN subscriber.
0: It's the only worthwhile, cost-effective LTE connection that I can get out where I stay. The best broadband that gets almost to his doorstep. But um, interestingly, so MTN
1: scored the best on a couple of different fronts, but it scored overall when you add together people's sentiment about its pricing its network quality and its customer service when you add those three scores together mtn wins um celsi second uh uh, vodacom third i think and then telcom followed by rain what's interesting in this is that My main point is that all of the scores are very, very bad. Mm. Of course, they're measuring sentiment. People only go online and make a noise when bad things are happening. So sentiment is all in the negatives. It's a question of who is the least negative and who is the most negative. So all the sentiments measured are with minus signs in front of them. But the least negative is MTN. The most negative is RAIN. And that's how... the the whole uh so here's the story index about out.
0: rain rain's customer service does not exist
1: yeah that's pretty much <laughs> what came up in this sentiment you index. can
0: tweet them they haven't been active on twitter in years at yeah. this point yep um and you you download the app and the app used to show you your usage doesn't do that anymore There's no contact numbers, like I've been trying to contact them for about the 5G connection. Mm. It's like, just send it across the road from where you ended it now, (laughs) please, so I can have some 5G in my life. I actually believe that if I had to set up a RAIN 5G CPE machine, like the the router thing, Mm. I would catch a 5G Uh signal. From time to time. It might
1: not be reliable, but you'd get some. Yes,
0: I, I would definitely get some. It will be probably as good as the 5G that we catch. Um, in the CBD as well. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay, sure. In and around Cape Town where it's actually a bit slower than... Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> really not
1: all that wildly impressive, I must say. I mean, in all the 5G tests we've done, it's nothing has blown our socks off exactly. Yes, mm. Maybe uh, our expectations were too high.
0: Uh, they just oversold it to be yeah. honest. Um, but rain suffers from... Like yesterday, we had a situation where there were... It was a homeschool day for my kids. So it's Too concurrent, because they have a lot of classes that overlap with each other. Google meets calls. Um, Wife is accessing remote server. Sister-in-law is on calls all day, video calls all day. And then my daughter ended early at like 2 or 3. So she decided to watch some Netflix. Mm. And then the Netflix was working fine until I started watching the OnePlus 9 launch coverage on YouTube live stream. So rain allows one connection that's quite a lot of activity yeah holds up. it holds up i'm not gonna lie it does hold up for those things but for leisure activities Mm. it allows you like one 480p stream Mm -hmm. doesn't like to do more everything else needs to like contest Uh, and it's like 5 p.m everyone's coming home yeah like because they're so cheap there's a lot of connections in yeah sure yeah, so, yeah, just the service just tanks. So I actually had to explain to her the dynamics of network contest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, Contention. This, all this on the back of the failed Spectrum auction, which we discussed last week, how important it would be to roll out better, more and better wireless uh, communication services in South Africa, how the TVs are messing up that space, how we can't get them off, how we're miles behind the rest of the uh, the world hmm. in getting... Uh, more wireless spectrum allocated, and how they've now delayed that by another year, which will put us eight years behind where we're supposed to be on this yes. t- on this issue. Yeah. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah, uh, in closing, um, MTN seems to be the darling of the industry right now. Mm. Uh, that supersonic project product of theirs, where it has the air fiber, uh, that microwave thing, and then the LTE connections. Yeah, it's like a hybrid, where it uses different, different mediums to... all org- Yeah, so the I reluctantly data. say... Congratulations, MTN. Yes. Your lead is quite solid. Yes. Gavin has chosen wisely. <laughs> well, Me, as a Vodacom subscriber for many long suffering Vodacom subscriber. Yeah. I just want them to have dropped their prices a little bit. Just help a brother yeah. out.
1: I mean, that's one of the things that came out in this uh, sentiment index, and we don't want to go rehash it all. But really, a lot of people resent. Vodacom's pricing deeply and that really hurt them a lot in the sentiment index but they're not doing anything about it. My counter argument is that Vodacom is differentiating itself with a higher price the way Sony and Samsung are Mm. doing the way Sony did on Hi-Fi the way Samsung's now doing on phones the way Apple has always done it differentiates itself by being the more expensive product Mm. but you've got to back that up with service and if you don't it just comes up as abuse. Talking about services
0: Mm. Donald Trump is starting a new social media platform yeah so there was bits of
1: talk (laughs) about whether this could happen i mean obviously the context here is that no one will have him no one else will have him he's just like toxic you know and whoever does support donald trump basically ends up in a difficult position of having to let him do whatever he wants um so his solution to that inevitably is i'm going to do it myself i'm going to create my own social network so it started off as a rumor, but it's since been confirmed by one of his spokespeople that he's going to start a new social media platform. I don't know if this has got legs myself. But I mean, you know, just the return of Donald Trump, I just, I'm so over it, man. And yet, I fear that he's not over it, and I suspect a lot of other
0: people are not over it. So, I don't know. It's talking of other social medias, I joined Clubhouse, Gavin, mm. on my mighty iPhone SE. <laughs> You're the OG... SE, by <laughs> the way. Um, and I find myself enjoying it a lot more than I expected. So it's kind of like this audio, it's, a, it's an audio only social media. You can set up a profile. Um, you have to be invited, it's invite only right now. But you can, if you are on iOS, you can download the app. And if your contacts, like on Twitter, you can connect your Twitter account to your Instagram account. If your contacts are there, they will be alerted that you are wanting to join and they can bump you to the front of the queue. So you kind of just stroll around, and you can enter these rooms, and people are having like these amazing discussions about things. Absolutely anything. So I walked into a room um, where a couple of physicists were talking about the new particle that was discovered. Uh, That was mighty interesting. Then there was another thing that I stumbled into where they were talking about, uh, what's it, bio... So you have geopolitics, this is biopolitics, mm-hmm. so yeah, very like interesting. the vaccine sort of situation, very interesting. Yeah. like all these things, and it's just these fascinating conversations happening in various, you, you, yeah. you kind of fill out your interests, or at least you tick a couple of boxes for your interests, and then you get served like these things. So, so, once you're into Clubhouse, you can become a host,
1: which means you have a discussion room where you are holding forth. Mm. You can wait until people turn up, but mostly people just start talking and people turn up. Um, you can co-host. It can be more than one host. The most important thing is that people can't shout and heckle from the back. If they have anything to say or a question to ask, they have to put their hand up, at which point the host can just ignore them and keep going. And, you know, so it makes for a fairly ordered uh, kind of interaction. It fascinates me that there's no recording of any kind, no archiving of any kind. So whatever happens, happens in that moment and disappears. Whatever is retained by your brain is great. There's no way to revise what was mm. said or to recreate what was said. Uh, which, which, which I
0: think is great. I mean, one of the failings of like the podcast industry is you and me will sit together, we'll be a bunch of mates and we'll chat about something and we'll think it's very entertaining. Um, where People actually want to be involved in the conversation. Uh-huh. They want it to be uh, like in real time. And then they don't really want to listen to the recording about the conversation afterwards. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, as a journalist, I, <laughs> yeah. I interview a lot of people. I listen to my, the sound of my voice quite uh-huh, a lot uh-huh, yeah. um, when you're like transcribing and, and playing that sort of back. And I find a lot of value in it. And that's why I'm open to the audio thing. But yeah, audio is also very, as, as we can see, the persistent. The persistence of radio as yes, like a dominant yes, form yes, of communication yes, yes. shows that people are more open to engaging through audio. Yeah. And I mean, video just distracts you from things. So you can yeah. like listen to a Clubhouse conversation while, while doing something yeah, else. While yeah. doing something yeah.
1: else. Um, other thing about Clubhouse is that it's a really good place to find out about something you're interested in. I gather there's a lot of discussion about cryptocurrency. Some people yes. have regular shows shows by that i mean you know they hold forth on a regular on a scheduled basis talking about crypto, cryptocurrency dude. yeah um, the so one you know, of the any v- topic like that so anything scientific um any topic under the sun if you're interested in goldfish i reckon you can go there and find someone holding forth about how to
0: keep fish yeah okay. um, yeah and if you jump on uh, try and follow me and then i might let you in <laughs> <It> depends <laughs> i think yes. i have like one or two invites left um yeah email us if you want to get involved in that yeah uh, I demand to be invited do you need to get into an iPhone first
1: uh, I'll fake it I'll fake it <laughs> you get an iPad I'll fake it I'll appear enthusiastic and everything okay yeah I'll keep going <laughs> right you were saying speaking of crypto
0: one of the Winklevoss twins was mm. on Twitter yesterday proclaiming the awesomeness of NFTs and how it's disrupting the fine art market and it's like dude because you were saying that why should you have to go to a certain city to a certain museum to see a certain piece of art and it's like uh because that's how art works yeah. <laughs> he who owns it gets the right to attract attention through uh, it. Yeah. like we said i spoke at length about nfts last week why i like it why i think it's it's a, it's a good practical practical example of what the blockchain can do yes yes true, of smart true, true contracts and if, that you, sort if of thing. you
1: barely understand the blockchain go and look up nfts and that will yeah. in a sideways way explain to you how blockchain yeah. works so
0: yeah. so now you're getting the scammers that are coming through because they are i mean most of it is being done on ethereum and there were a couple of ethereum scams that have emerged through nfts mm. so be careful out there take your notes and while you're taking your notes why don't you use one note Why don't you use OneNote, Kevin? Here's the question. (laughs) OneNote. Now, I've been interested in OneNote
1: for close to 10 years. I'm sure it's been around about 10 years already. OneNote is a Microsoft product that's baked into almost every version of Office, except the very, very basic versions of Office. Every other version of Microsoft Office has OneNote in it. OneNote is essentially their note-taking tool, which they sort of doubles as their research-gathering, collating tool. and from the day it was launched, it was immensely powerful. You could do just about anything in there. You could just type text. You could drop pictures in. You could annotate it with your finger or with a stylus. You could move things around. You could create a list. You could shove things into your calendar from OneNote and from you know MS Word into OneNote. And you know, all sorts of things. It was just highly compatible. And that was why I couldn't use it. It was just too damn busy. It just wanted to be everything to everyone. Yes. And as a result... It was kind of weak, general, and I'm using strong specific. So the tools I use for writing are just ace tools for writing. I don't need something you know, where you put in the pictures and you're drawing squiggles and you're taking notes and you're writing all at once. So unfortunately, I'm trying to find a way to get around to using OneNote because I feel like this is going to be a really robust platform going mm. forward, especially with mobile integration. And it does a whole lot of other cool things like it does optical character recognition. So, if you have a picture of some text, you can turn it back into text if you need to use that in a story. It's just the research and writing tools I've got right now are so finely tuned. OneNote is nowhere near achieving that level of productivity. So I'm
0: kind of using OneNote right now in a roundabout way um, where my Samsung notes are syncing to it because I'm, I'm, I'm an obsessive note taker, I'm a serial note taker. Um, but I like handwritten notes, that's why it's important to have a stylus. <laughs> uh, yeah. As the S21 Ultra that I am using right now uh. does have compatibility for. Um, and and we think that many more
1: Samsung phones at least will have stylus compatibility yes. going forward. I see there's new news from last week that they're definitely looking to shoot past the note this year and not do a note. They claim it's because there's limited supply yeah. of chips and tech to put into a note, but I think there's just less and less cause less and less case for a dedicated note-taking phone when they can do it on any phone Mm.
0: so because i serve a lot of clients um in any given month i'll open a notebook for a specific client and i will just have long running notes from meetings from things i have to research if it's writing projects all of those things but i've also been using collections and microsoft sticky notes quite a bit just for like short kind of note-taking stuff So collections on Microsoft Edge, when I'm using the browser, because I use the browser on my mobile phone and on desktop, I can go from the one to the other and not lose any tabs that I had opened for a certain topic. And then my Samsung Notes sync the folders to OneNote so I can access that anywhere. So you do your, your
1: physical hand note taking on your Samsung notes yes. and those sync automatically into your OneNote? Yes, mm.
0: yes. And then the nice thing about Microsoft Sticky Notes is they appear in the feed in the Office One uh, Office 365 app, mm. which is now available on iPad,
1: finally! Jeez, that took a long time. <laughs> that That's really weird. A long time. So I mean, it's interesting, so Office uh, Microsoft's got all the individual uh, applications like Word and PowerPoint and all those things for mobile, but if you download Microsoft Office, the app, a uh, standalone app, it includes all those things, but also a way to manage your files yeah. within that. And that's what Lindsay's referring yes, to. Your uh, sticky but notes on your files. That requires all come together. a
0: network connection. It's very finicky working offline through the Unified Office app. Uh, I haven't uh, tried it. Okay. Yeah, like jumping on a plane while mm. you busy writing a story. Whoa, buddy, Nothing I've there. lost a uh. lot that way (laughs) interesting anyway so the point
1: is that OneNote is like a massively full-featured product it's probably worth a try there are great tutorials that show you how it works you can actually click through to little video clips on the microsoft website that actually shows you all the things it can do and this is the problem is that it kind of can do just about anything it is the ultimate swiss army knife tool and sometimes all you want is a carving knife to carve with or a pocket knife to whittle with Or, you know Yes And this, you've got to carry this huge Swiss Army knife around with you all the time With 16 tools on it, you know
0: mm. Yeah, I find myself moving away from Google Keep um, We still use it to set up the note yeah. for, for these conversations um, And I do use it often to, like, share things with my wife uh, Because she's obviously on an iPhone primarily So, yeah The fact that Apple's notes doesn't sync with OneNote is very perplexing to me because hmm. there is a way you can set up a folder that syncs to your Gmail, so to open up a folder in Gmail where you can access those. I mean the Apple notes. Yes, the Apple Gmail notes. folder. But huh. there's no way to set that as the default folder hmm. for the screen off memo um, in using Apple Pencil on an iPad. So that Hang is. Hang
1: on. Does does uh ipad have a screen off mode as yes well. okay, yes like, so like when samsung, when you yeah. double
0: tap the, the ipad you have to set up in settings okay you double tap the apple pencil against the ipad um, it will open up a note oh. and you can start writing okay but yeah and there's no way to move that note into the gmail folder which is it's really roundabout yeah so i'm very happy that samsung and microsoft are in bed with each other <laughs> and i can access those notes everywhere yes. now You'll so i am that. starting to use OneNote more on the ipad so that I can get a harmonious note-taking environment okay. that sinks everywhere, and yeah, talking about other things, Gavin, you got the Samsung A32. A32, um, I'm looking test.
1: forward to it. It's you know, it's it's looking to displace what was almost our best budget phone. Budget phone being 5,000, 6,000 rand. The A31 was almost our best budget phone. Probably the best screen of any budget phone we tested. And the A32 promises to be much more than that, but we're going to have to find that out. Yeah, and
0: Samsung are offering, I think it's like 1,500 Rand if you're trading your A31 mm, for an A32, A32 which okay. is a great little trade-in vibe.
1: Yeah, so the A32 is the first of the three phones they announced, the others being the A52 and A72, which we complained about being too expensive last week. Yeah, the okay. A32
0: is also the only um, non-S series or Note series 5G yeah. phone that they bring into <laughs> the country.
1: Right so hang on hang on for those who didn't follow that it's the only phone that will have 5g that's not part of its s series which is the prestigious upmarket phones it's the only budget affordable phone that will have 5g from samsung which is very interesting indeed
0: yeah Um, other than that circuit board took a break last week unexpected break um but it is back with a little bit longer this week um so thursday circuitboard.substack.com link is down in the description podcast description uh, you can find me on YouTube at That Opinion Guy, and the website is thatopinionguy.co.za. But, um,
1: but I want to know about the tracker you're wearing.
0: Um, it failed miserably last night to track my workout. I was doing a lot of work with an Olympic bar, and I mean the wrist-based trackers just don't like your wrist being in eccentric Uh, You know, there are those of us
1: who are just like running around the neighborhood, but (laughs) Lindsay is like, all right, I'm going to do two minutes of split time (laughs) blah blah kind of runs, then I'm going to climb a rope, then I'm going to do 12 sit-ups, and then I'm going to take this bar and I'm going to do crunches, and then I'm going to do a clean and jerk, whatever it is he yeah. does. Then I'm going to increase the weights. Then I'm going to run a, run a <laughs> bit. Then I'm going
0: to. I'm like, geez, dude. I mean, no wonder the poor tracker doesn't know what the hell's going on. So I have, like I've said before, I have the Polar OH1, which is a, the optical heart rate um, little job that you wear on your forearm or your upper arm. Uh, is that ha-
1: heart rate only? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. heart rate
0: only. It, can, it transmits via Bluetooth or via ANT.
1: And Polar, by reputation, very good on heart rate. Yes, hmm. it is
0: in my experience the best optical heart rate monitor on the market at the moment Um, and yeah it just the polar tracked lovely because i was trying to stay in the red Um, so round about like my max efforts um, with little breaks in between and the fitbit sense kind of just fell apart
1: yeah so i mean the background here remember that google has acquired fitbit fitbit pioneered the whole tracker market in case you've forgotten google acquired them and now there's a lot of speculation if Google can actually use Fitbit smarts to make much better wearable products than Mm. it's made to date. Um, On the other hand, Fitbit, having pioneered the market, was getting a bit lost and was getting overtaken by just about everyone. It had so many more competitors to deal with. Samsung, Garmin, Polar, Suunto, Apple. (laughs) so many competitors to deal with xiaomi every single chinese manufacturer made a tracker. and, and
0: apple health refuses to accept data from fitbit like you have oh, to man get a separate like Jippo third-party app do it to, oh. to, to, to do that sort of thing interesting
1: anyway so fitbit from having pioneered the market and been the brand name for trackers has really been in the doldrums so we're very interested to see what google does with it the sense that lindsay's busy testing that i also tested is probably the last Fitbit product before Google starts influencing the direction of product development. Mm. So, for that reason, it's interesting. This is the pinnacle of what Fitbit has been able to achieve. We're not overly impressed. How much is that? It's close to 6,000 Rand. Yeah. 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 6,000 Rand for a tracker. For that, you can buy... Well, it has
0: GPS... Which yeah, is good,
1: but for six thousand rand, you can buy a very serious sports watch, like a very serious one, not a top-end one of ten thousand rand, but so a very serious like one. So,
0: like for me, because I have the Ionic, I've been using the Ionic now Ionic since was it launched.
1: Fitbit's almost their first model to have GPS in it. it wasn't quite the first, but yeah. almost the first. It was the first but but like smartwatch. Like like four watch four model. years old now. Yes, yeah.
0: and it's still doing pretty well. It tracks quite accurately in terms of GPS um, on runs and stuff. And I've used it in races. I've used it in a lot of situations. Um, So, like, Fitbit is there, it's just the data that it generates, the run-specific data that it generates is not as detailed as what you'll get on Garmin or Polar or Suunto or like one of the other brands. I mean, Uh, you you really get the feeling that the Fitbit users are kind of
1: doing yoga classes and Pilates. Yeah, that's what
0: they're kind of selling themselves. And they they sell themselves short.
1: They're doing like a circuit at the gym kind of thing. But, you know, they're not like
0: serious kind of... So, so... Yeah, but their sleep tracking and that sort of thing, insights, are far better Mm. than anybody else. Agreed. And the step
1: counting is also better than anyone else, I think. Although step counting is not taken seriously by anybody who takes sports seriously, because you really need GPS if you want to be serious. Yeah, Yeah, if you're running, um, Mm.
0: when you need like decent step counting, standalone heart rate monitoring Mm. if you are doing something else. Where you always run the Apple Watch down, Purely because of your perception of it as a luxury item. Now, the
1: Apple Watch runs itself down in about three hours, I believe.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> no, no. Kidding, kidding. We're not going to get into this. Okay. <laughs> However, So Gavin, what's going on with you?
1: Um, nothing to report. I'm cycling through a whole lot of TVs. I'm busy watching an, an LG OLED TV at the moment with a phenomenal sound bar. Yes, indeed, having left it alone at home in the care of my children for the weekend, the neighbors did, in fact, come round to complain about the base. So, <laughs> now we know we've tested the product thoroughly. <laughs> but the, the LG OLED really is in a class of its own. I mean, I've checked a lot of modern TVs. This OLED is in a class of its own. But we'll see how that measures up against its price point,
0: And we'll discuss that some more when I finish my shootout next uh, week. Just some brief LG news, almost... Vid- there's so much chatter coming about they were trying to sell off the mobile division and they can't get a buyer and it seems like LG will be pulling out i have contacted oh. the local um representatives they have not responded to me uh, they sent out a press release this morning about the wing again um v70 is clearly not even on the cards right now codename rainbow um that's been pushed back indefinitely so i don't know um i've had many complaints from consumers who are trying to buy the v60 who cannot get a like vodacom will say yes yes and then suddenly go dark and then okay. it's like there's no for stock. me
1: this is like really crushing stuff let's just say you're a vw owner and let's say you're a committed vw owner let's say it's the second or third vw you've had wouldn't it disturb you if vw suddenly disappeared off the market
0: well that well, happened to opal okay first and then they came back Kind yeah, of. yeah yeah yeah.
1: but you know let's just say you built up momentum on a thing let's say apple just disappeared tomorrow yeah. and you all you're looking at your iphone going end of the road buddy you know it's like that's how i feel about lg i have like affinity with the brand it's really misplaced affinity but there it is and i think they were important for the market i don't know what's going to happen there but it's yeah. heartbreaking anyway cool
0: uh that's me for the week i will chat to you next time yes over and
1: out